Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Well, hello and welcome, everyone. You've made it to the China shop. Get on inside. I'm shopkeeper Dan. With me, as always, is Kyle, the creator of FinancialNeptitude.com. Kyle, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. had a good week. had a fun week. All right. Hey, good fun week. How about you? Well, you know, I got a vasectomy this week, so that's been fun. Feels like you were kicked in the nuts? Uh, Yeah, yeah, by a horse. Uh, don't call people names. Oh yeah, it's been it's been. I've been heavily medicated, so I'm fine. I'm fine. I've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> Come on into the shop with us today, folks. Sit back, relax, hedge against the rage machine. We'd like to welcome any new listeners just joining us. We're here smashing our way through a complete set of fine china, sharing those ever-growing strategies for maximizing gains and cutting losses, shooting the shit about the news, just having a grand old time. If you are new to the shop and stock trading in general, you can always check out our knowledge and resource centers on financialineptitude.com or give one of our many beginning trading episodes a listen. We'll have all those links in the episode description, but the best place to be is come over and join us on our free Discord server. We get on there just about every day. It's just so awesome. It's me, Kyle, a bunch of amazing people, no paid tiers or special access areas because fuck that shite. We're trading together, laughing together, sharing stuff together. Learning together. Yeah, learning from each other. Mm-hmm. Really, I think the best place, the best thing is is it's just a support group because trading is mentally challenging. You know, uh, I don't know about you, Kyle. It, it brings me down all the time. I've had the highest highs and the lowest lows since I started trying mm-hmm. to do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes in the same hour. <laughs> right. <laughs> Usually, <laughs> Kyle, when they uh, when they join that that server, uh, what what should they do to get themselves some free swag? They should contribute and post and pay me money. Yes. Or, well, no, wait, no, sorry, no, that's the free stuff. Uh, uh, just shoot me a DM with your mailing address. We'll get you something sent out your way. You got uh, shot glasses, beer koozies, stickers, all kinds of good stuff. And there's also a shop. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, if if you can't get enough of the amazing free swag, you can go ahead and buy the swag. We'll sell it to you. We don't care. Or smash your free one and then uh, get a replacement. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) We're just so glad everybody's here. We have a lot of fun. Always better with friends. Always better with friends. Kyle, any show news to report? Yes, of course. There's always show news. Okay, I'm going to drink some whiskey while, while you talk about that. All right. Uh, it's a lot of recording language to get through here. Uh, let's see. Next week, we have Cece Legatter, the founder of Options AI. Uh, let's see. Then we've also just finished recording, too, with Shlomo Freund, financial coach and digital nomad. Uh, then we've, next week, we'll be recording with Phil Muscatello, host of Shares for Beginner podcast. Uh, then we got Andrew Conroy, the Wasatch Squatch on Twitter. 
James Woodall from Woodall Wealth Management, then Martin Sains, author, runs Bequest, uh, which is a note investing firm. Kevin Rendino, the CEO of 180 Degrees Capital, and Eric Smolinski, a retail trader and creator of ES Invests. Wow. And on Monday, we're also recording the next installment of Back to the Futures. Yeah, that's the big one right there. That's the one. You can you can just edit down all the other ones or speed it up. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's the only one anybody cares about. We have got a busy schedule, man. Wow. Yeah, we're probably going to have to drop some bonus ones just to get through them all. Right. So be on the lookout for that in the next month. But until then, we have got a keen, kind, kingly show for you today. Lots of market moving news, plenty of stocks on the radar, and more options than meme stock shares sold by Ryan Cohen this week. Oh, we've got all the options, huh? <laughs> Millions of them. <laughs> <laughs> and, and please, folks, reach out to us. We adore your messages and comments on Twitter, on Facebook, on the Discord. We'll have that link in the episode description. Uh, if you're old school, you can send us an email to twobulls at financialneptude.com. It's the number two bulls. Or you can give us a phone call at 725-22-BULLS. That's 725-222-8557. Maybe you've got a hot stock tip. Maybe you just want to tell us about a great trade or terrible trade you just made. Or maybe you and your lover just hanging out in your Saturn bungalow and some technocrat from Earth shows up with his angry robot and just ruins <laughs> your day. Oh, God. Is that the movie we're watching tonight or tomorrow night or tonight? Saturday night, I guess. <laughs> this People week's listening? awful movie, Saturn 8, starring Kirk Douglas, Farrah Fawcett, and Harvey Keitel. Is it Saturn 8 or Saturn 3? It's Saturn 8, because that's the moon where their bungalow is. Ah, I've been calling it Saturn 3. I think it is Saturn. Are you sure it's not? Is there two of them? Um, okay, it is Saturn 3. My bad. Okay. Whew, thought I was losing my mind. <laughs> Stay off drugs, kids, so you could tell the difference between numbers. <laughs> I gotta say, the trailer looks uh, very similar to Enemy Mine. Enemy Mine? Yeah, just the... Gra the can you call it CGI or special effects? <laughs> you can call it. You can call it. C you can call it special effects, but it's definitely not CGI. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that should be a fun movie. Yeah, join us on the Discord if you want to watch us. Uh, watch that with us. Uh, that'll be eight August twentieth at seven PM Central. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be a good time. Good time. All right, Kyle. Let's uh, let's go over those bet results. Uh, my favorite part of the show. Ever since Flurry stopped by and showed us how to do it. <laughs> hey, our last pick, our last bet pick had nothing to do with Flurry. No, it did. And the one that we wanted to do before he tainted our opinions uh, would have worked out pretty well too. Uh, no, we uh, we shorted Meta, which uh, opened the week at one hundred seventy eight dollars and ninety six cents. Hit our first take profit at one hundred seventy dollars on Friday, and ended up closing at one sixty seven ninety four. Oh yeah. All right. Uh, so that takes our total for the week uh, up to $638.98. Wow. Okay. New Crushing bet it, format. Huh? We kick ass when we're combined. We do better together. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get penisy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Random still managed to be pretty impressive, though. Uh, uh, had the one of the few stocks on Friday that was actually green for most of the day. I had MUSA, <laughs> yeah, uh, MUSA, which opened at 290, closed at 299.48. So the random had a green week, but he's still well behind at six or uh, $534.57. Oh, wow. We're crushing it this month. 
Yeah. Golly. How do we do side bets now? We can't. Oh, shit. We can't. Unless they're like real money bets between us. Or if we just bet who has to do the consequences. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would work. Yeah. Yeah. I am not mowing your grass, by the way. Fuck that. I would <laughs> have a hard enough time doing it myself. All right. Let's uh, move on. Talk about some news. Dow drops deep on moving inflation, COVID frustration, war damnation. We're just bringing you the fucking news. You gotta recognize the game if you don't want to lose. We're just skip-dee-tubles trading information. Rioters raiding, insider trading, taxes are raising, bills on the hill. We got a crypto mill, no they ain't growing weed. When the Fed speaks today, it's some shit we don't need. Sing it, man. Two bulls trading information. What? Two bulls trading information. I'm inclined to agree. Two bulls trading information. That is accurate. Very accurate. What information? <laughs> All right, Dan, you want to lead us off? Uh, sure, sure. Um, I'll, I'll lead off with what I consider one of the big economics news stories. Um, many, many CEOs lately are talking about the economics term elasticity in their conference calls. Mm-hmm. Like their underwear? Yes. Yeah. They're, they're worried about how elastic rubber and uh, waistbands are. No, no, mm. no, no. No. Uh, elasticity is the uh, economics term describing how likely people are to keep buying a product when the price goes up. So, oh, fuck them. So, if like you're Coca Cola and you raise the price and people switch to like store brand cola, you would call that a price elastic good. Uh-huh. Like soda would be price elastic. If if you're like toilet paper and you raise the price and people are like, well, I still want to wipe my ass and they're going to buy it anyway, then it would be inelastic. Mm. So all of a sudden, from McDonald's to Coca-Cola to Hershey, corporate executives are really preoccupied with inflation and elasticity, <laughs> squeezing every... Squeezing our last dollar out of us? Yeah, before we stop buying their products. Or having money. Or, <laughs> or, <laughs> right, they, I don't think they ever considered that. Like, what if, what if, uh, <laughs> what if consumers <laughs> just run out of money? <laughs> Wait a minute, we we took it all? Shit! Now what are we going to do? Is this something that's new? Because that seems like just normal business practices, I would think. You're always trying to price it at like the best point to get the most return. Sure, sure. The concept isn't new, but the fact that so many uh, chief executives and financial officers are talking about it in earnings calls is new. Yeah, okay. And and you get you you're we're, we're seeing we're seeing both sides of the coin like uh, Kirk Dr Pepper is is like hey we're doing good we've got modest elasticity Marriott uh, is saying ah we're fine we we demand is continuing to strengthen and my favorite Callaway Golf um, I'll actually quote <laughs> Oliver G Brewer the third CEO uh, to offset inflationary pressure we have raised prices nicely this year and. As the avid golf consumer is both affluent and passionate, there has been no discernible pushback. Huh. Way to go, Callaway Golf. Yeah, just stick it to them. <laughs> Hope they don't know this. Stick it to them. Well, he's saying, like, they got money. They're going to keep. Yeah. Rich people are going to keep playing golf. Translation. 
Right. <laughs> you know, and, and obviously companies are going to raise prices as costs rise. Uh, but uh, the question is, is are they raising them in line with rising costs or are they, you know, taking the opportunity to raise <laughs> to gouge a little bit? You notice that they don't ever really come down. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Oh, costs went up. Well, costs are cheaper now. What happened? But we, we, we've been seeing the other side of the coin for like, uh, you know, companies like Kellogg. And uh, we talked about Tyson Foods, mm-hmm. uh, people buying cheaper cuts of chicken. Walmart is, is seeing significant shifts in, in what people are buying there. A Southwest Airlines CEO, quote him, Andrew Watterson. Leisure travelers have a price elasticity effect where you can't go much higher. Like discount airline travelers are not going to pay more than what they've been paying because they can't, is my my assumption. Right. Well, you're not going to pay more to sit on a shitty flight. <laughs> you're not going on spirit because you think that like, the, oh, the, the price to, or the value for the good service that you get is like, you know, great value. You're doing it because you're trying to get there as cheap as you can. You don't fly Allegiant Air with their horrible, horrible maintenance records no. <laughs> because you can, you can afford it because no. you like it. Like, okay. ah, I like their frequent flyer program. <laughs> it's really good. The frequent crasher. <laughs> I like it when the bolts fall out mid flight. It reminds me I'm alive. <laughs> Oh Jesus! Uh, so you know, it's it's uh, when when the CEOs start talking about it, I guess maybe 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 things will change. I don't know. I don't know. But to tie a bow on it all, Kyle. Yeah. Uh, there was an analyst at Morgan Stanley named Kimberly Greenberger or Berger. Apologies, Kimberly. In an interview, she mentioned that people, because of the pandemic, have already changed their buying patterns. Mm-hmm. So it looks like they they already know what to do as things become too expensive. So uh, it's because so many people have already broken long term habits. Oh, right. We can we can those long entrenched habits. The adjustments this year to inflationary pressures are already in their minds. They're already set to do them. That's actually a great point because it's been how long since the uh, COVID March twenty twenty. So it's been two and a half years now. Yeah, like that's. Plenty long enough to create new habits for people who had to pinch pennies because they got laid off or hours cut. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, I think that whole thing goes into one of your stories, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, I got uh, somebody talking about the S and P five hundred earnings for the second quarter. Uh, is claiming that the only reason why they're better than expected was because of one sector, and that sector being energy. Mm. Uh, er, overall earnings per share growth is sl- uh, slowed slightly as results from retailers. Many that ended in July in the past week had reported overall declines, even as revenue rose. Uh, after 95.2% of companies reported through this Friday, the aggregate blended EPS growth, uh, which includes the reported results and estimates of the still to be reported results, was 6.3% down from nearly 7% growth seen. Was 6.3%, sorry, down from nearly 7% seen earlier in the month, hmm. but still up from 5.4% from the first quarter. Hmm. Uh, so 73% of retailers beat EPS expectations. EPS growth for the group was still a negative 6.4%. What? Oh, oh, because their expectations weren't high. Uh-huh. It's a big difference between what you're expecting and what you're actually, what you actually did last year. Oh, so like if I expect like, oh, we're going to do 10% shittier than last year. And it's like, oh, we only did 8% shittier than last year. Oh, we beat expectations. Hurrah. 
So that was EPS growth, but they still had increased revenue, but they're detailing that as being driven by uh, trying to get rid of excess inventory. So revenue for the group was up 9.1%, even though the EPS growth was down 6.4. Wait, wait. So wasn't inflation also around 9%? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, I mean, you think about it, you start cutting prices to try to get rid of inventory because there's a cost of carrying all that stuff. Right. So when they start selling it for less, like they may have revenue showing up, but that's not necessarily net profit income yeah. or profit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So of the 11 sectors, five have seen EPS decline, six have seen EPS increase, but the main reason for growth was energy, which saw their earnings per share rocket almost 300% from a year ago. Wow. Yes. 300%. Pretty pretty impressive. Uh, pretty, pretty fucking impressive. How did their earnings go up if the price of energy is going up and they're just, you know, raising in line with costs? Like, how does that work? I, I think somebody is being sneaky there somewhere. The way I think it works, and this is just pure speculation on my part. My favorite. If you rely on a commodity like oil, that's what the whole reason for futures contracts are for. So you can plan and know what your cost is going to be. Uh-huh. You know, when you buy those contracts further out, depending on like when you're going to need it. So if you're locking in oil at like $40, 50 $60 a barrel, like over the course of like 12 to 12 months down the line or, or so, as energy prices rise and you can start claiming that, oh, cost, costs of fuel are rising, I need to start raising rates. But uh, you're still using the same cheap stuff that you secured, you know, last year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very good point. That's why it's so slow coming down. They always seem very fast to raise it, but very slow to bring it back down. Uh-huh. It's never It's never like, yeah, the price of oil jumped, but don't worry, everybody. We locked in these low rates, so we won't be raising the price of the pump. Right. It's never, never works that way. <laughs> <laughs> well put, sir. Well put. All right. What else you got? Uh, well, you know, I heard a rumor on the street that is the street.com, the news place. Uh, the great resignation wasn't that big. Oh, really? And before I go too in depth on this article, uh, well, I was on Google News and I was like, oh, this story looks interesting, but I want to view full coverage, so which, which is goes to a separate page that shows mm -hmm. you all the articles about a topic. Oh, okay. And there are, I want to say, 20 uh, different articles about this, mm -hmm. which is a lot. And I'm going to just read to you the, the headlines, all these different articles. Okay, do it. The Great Resignation wasn't that big. Not changing from pre-pandemic times can lose you workers. Rehiring boomerang employees can benefit employers and workers. The boomerang and quiet quitting work <laughs> trends explained. Economic turmoil is exacerbating the Great Resignation. All right, I see a bit of a theme here. New thinking is required to keep employees. I'm getting all over the place. Like, great resignation. Right. It's not that big. That's not that bad. Here's how you can keep your workers. People are going back to their employees. It's all over the place, man. I don't know what, I don't know what is happening. It's, it's like uh, different corporate <laughs> messaging, like, right? Like, they're usually all in sync. Mm-hmm. Uh, why workers won't just won't stop quitting. <laughs> I guess it right. could be just whatever you search for and just make sure you uh, you click on it. Is that is that what we're saying? Yeah, yeah. Where if you you actually like show me all of the stories to do with this topic, it'll show you every side of the coin. Oh, mm -hmm. so anyway, right. the one I chose was the great resignation wasn't that big. Mm -hmm. Just just kind of arbitrarily. 
Um, I figured I'd pick one to focus on. Okay. Uh, but I really did want to get uh, a few of those headlines in there just to show the insanity that is the internet these days and the news these right. days. You know, yeah. long gone <laughs> is Walter Cronkite. And that's the it's, way it is. Uh, okay. So apparently this, this news article is saying one out of every 11 workers uh, says a job offer made to them has been rescinded in the past year. Okay. What does that have to do with the Great Resignation? I don't know. Apparently, that's just part of the headline. Oh. It's a... So, apparently, according to Lending Trees Magnifying Money survey of 1,000 workers, 29% of American workers have switched jobs in the last year. That's pretty... That's still pretty high. That's really high. almost one in three. That's pretty great. Uh, Right? And one... one in three workers surveyed would rather exit their current employers for new jobs than switch roles internally. Mm-hmm. Only only nineteen percent will it would be willing to accept a lateral move rather than leave. Right. And then and and this is this is this is right here is why I chose this one because I wanted to give this statistic <laughs> as an example of uh, how you can invert a stat to to try and 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 swing it to your bias. Even among, quote, even among those making less than 35000 a year, 60% would rather stay than go. Oh, instead of 40% want to go? <laughs> Four in 10 people want to quit. Yeah. That's yeah. huge. That's huge. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Only, but only 17% are actively applying for new jobs. 13% are looking but not applying. So that's 30% are looking. Mm-hmm. Three in 10. Oh, God. But the headline, Kyle, great resignation, wasn't that big. Yeah. I I don't think I buy that. I don't buy it. By their own reporting. Right. Well, how do you define great, I guess? Uh, Anything less than 50% is not great in my book. (laughs) (laughs) If if half your workforce, more than half your workforce wants to say, that's a shitty resignation. (laughs) <laughs> Call me when six and ten want to leave. Let's see. The definition of great is uh, basically just above the normal or average. Well, what's the average rate of workers wanting to leave their job, I guess? Is the, well, the, less the, than this. Otherwise, question. we wouldn't have been talking about it for the last year and a half. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, yeah, it was great. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Last story I got comes from JP Morgan. Uh, they are sticking by their belief that uh, the stock market could go another 12% at the end of the year. Really? Uh, they're claiming that there's more than $100 billion worth of money from trend followers that are on the verge of pouring into stocks. Now, as I read this, uh, just not just now, obviously, this was before, but it was too late to pick a new story. <laughs> uh, it looks like this came out yesterday because they're making the point that uh, as the S&P gets close to its 200-day moving average, they thought that once that if it would uh, uh, move above it, then you'd see upwards of $100 billion in fund flows pouring into equities. Mm. But this came out Thursday afternoon, not, uh, not this afternoon. I must have misread the date. <laughs> Because as we saw on Friday, that did not happen. Yeah, I mean, it's already over its 200-day moving average, isn't it? Wait, is it? I thought it was just at it, but didn't quite make it. It it tagged it on the 16th, like almost to the tick, and then rejected off of it. Oh, okay. Okay. But uh, the bank is still reiterating their year-end price target of 4,800. Wow. Uh, They're arguing that positioning among investors got way too bearish and is set to reverse. Well, you know, as we as we've talked about, if retail doesn't sell, 
we'll never find a bottom. <laughs> Keep holding us hostage. Uh, let's see. It was uh, this guy, Kov- Kolanovic. Kolanov. I don't even know who he is. Where is he? Why is he not mentioned anywhere else in this article? Oh, he's from JP Morgan. JP Morgan's Marco Kolanovic has said that uh, alongside corporate buybacks, um, strategies can provide steady inflows of several billions of dollars per day in equities for the next two to three months. Trend following strategies that were largely short equities this year are covering shorts. Hmm. Uh, He also was uh, saying that he didn't think that people should jump into mega cap tech stocks or the recession proof quote stocks that are trading near all-time highs uh he's saying they thought there was a lot of opportunities in the s p 600 a small cap index that is apparently trading at recession level multiples and he also pointed at the uh energy sector saying it still offers an attractive valuation yeah uh and then he ended this with saying uh, we remain of the view that the 2020s will look nothing like the 2010s and many of the investment trends be it in commodity tech esg or low volume investing will be turned upside down. That's a bold statement. Uh, I don't know. Does anybody remember if he's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no one will remember. I don't even remember his name. And you told me like 30 seconds ago. Kolanovic? Kolanovic? I think it was Colin and Ovic. Kolanovic. Kolanovic. Yeah, that's it. We should practice these names before we start reading these stories. Ah, no, that's half the fun. I know. Oh, you're gonna, what were you going to say for? I was just going to say, uh, I do know on my risk on risk off charts that I still look at on TradingView, mm-hmm. the, uh, the risk off has been going pretty strong this month. Mm. In, in, in fact, since mid-July, we've been putting in higher highs and higher lows again. Nice. But so has the risk on. I, Friday risk on was a red day and risk off was a green day but uh you know if if i had to pick one over the other just based on higher highs and higher lows i couldn't mm, interesting so i think it's it's everybody's so, right at the moment everything's bullish is that what you're saying everything's bullish and everything's bearish oh okay <laughs> <laughs> same time yeah. well we were at a pretty key turning point where we could have gone either direction so that makes a lot of sense all right well should we move on yeah you know who always makes a ton of sense. Like as in pennies? Yeah. Two bulls in the china shop. We always make pennies. Oh, yes. We are very good at that. Someday we'll make dollars. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm talking about the amazing Sue Pullen, of course, because Two Bulls in a China Shop is proudly brought to you by Sue Pullen at Fairway Independent Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender. Sue Pullen is a certified mortgage advisor who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners, whether it's purchase, refinance, or even do a famous, world famous, everybody's favorite reverse mortgage. Sue will help. She's licensed in 27 states, so reach out, see what she could do for you. Best way to do so? Just give her a call, 520-977-7904, or you can send her an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number 2289. Sue Pullen has an MLS number 206048. That email again is spullen at fairwaymc.com, S-P-U-L-L-E-N. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Reach out and see what Sue can do for you. And Two Bulls in a China Shop is also proud to be affiliated with the Trade Pro Academy. Trade Pro? <laughs> Trade Pro Academy is an educational platform that offers institutional trader development programs to new and experienced independent traders. Translation. Oh. 
Learn to trade like a big institution. Like the big boys. They have got a great staff of highly knowledgeable and successful traders. There's no better place that we've found to learn all you need to know to be that successful trader. Find them online at tradeproacademy.com. That's T-R-A-D-E-P-R-O-A-C-A-D-E-M-Y, period, C-O-M. Or just use the affiliate link in the episode description, as it's a great way to support the show. Improve your own knowledge and skills. If you join that Discord, too, there is that 10% discount code. Just don't tell George. Yep. It's just sitting there waiting for you. It's like money in the bank. Did I spell it right? I wasn't paying attention. I didn't. I didn't realize we're having to spell everybody's thing this this, this time. Uh, that- I, I I I spell it now pretty often. Okay. I want people to know. <laughs> but I wasn't paying attention. I was drinking some whiskey. I, I noticed you don't spell our. Uh, <laughs> you don't spell our website. <laughs> oh yeah, because that would take twenty minutes. Yeah, we should probably change that. Just go to two bowls in a china shop dot com. That works too. <laughs> they can't, <laughs> the number can't two. They? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but they can't send an email to two bowls at two bowls in a china shop dot com, can they? No, no, that doesn't work. Unless you want to buy another email subscription. I don't. I don't. Other things that I want to buy, I'd rather pay for postage to give away free shit. Yes. Isn't that our biggest expense? Uh, yeah. <laughs> there you I have it, so. folks. <laughs> we love giving away shit for free. You know who loves helping for free? You can go check out their YouTube stuff. No cost to you. Uh, the amazing gentlemen over at Orderflow Labs, uh, they were kind enough to share their toolkit with us to check out uh, for trading futures on Sierra Charts, Motive Wave, and Ninja Trader. Uh, they've got brilliant custom studies for structure and execution by cell zones, exhaustion absorption detectors, reconstructed tape, job pinches, just amazing, amazing stuff, something for everybody. Constantly adding and testing new studies. Uh, they offer um, brilliant support to help you use their tools. You might might remember them from such podcast episodes as Back to the Futures that we do here on our show. Just just really, really fantastic stuff. Do yourself a favor. If you are trading futures, check them out at orderflowlabs.com. Did that make sense? I may be a little drunk. Uh, it sounds like you're getting there. <laughs> it made enough sense. Enough sense? Okay. Whew. All right. All right. Good, good, good. <laughs> Time to talk about some stocks. Yes. Talk about stocks time Looking for setups and still not advice Big news, fresh news and earnings All that we're saying is still not advice Stock time Please don't sue us Okay, all right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who's going first? How many stories do you have? Well, I went first I, I have two stories And I went first in the news So I feel like you should go first at the stocks uh, I kind of wanted to end with my last one. Okay, I'll go first. All right. Since we were just talking about energy kicking ass, right? Yeah. I got a nice little story. Uh, we we actually mentioned in one of our uh, news, new, I think it was earlier in the week. It might have been last week. Uh, talking about Warren Buffett coming out and announcing like what, what he bought and what he sold. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things he bought was he bought some shares of Occidental Petroleum. Mm-hmm. And well... It turns out that they've now, uh, as recently as Friday, uh, the 19th of August, have reached out to receive regulatory approval to purchase up to 
50% of oil giant Occidental Petroleum. He wants to buy the entire company then, huh? That's what it looks like. Yes. That's a pretty bullish bet on oil, I'd have to say. Right? It is. It is. Uh, hmm. Their their shares jumped 10% on the news. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Uh, they closed the week at 71.29, which puts their gains for 2022 at more than 145%. Nice. Yeah. Very good year on uh, on the Oracle of Omaha buying their shares. Uh, that And then the speculation is absolutely that he will continue to move forward and just buy the whole damn company. Is this part of his plan to shift us to green energy? Buy an oil company and then shut up shop? <laughs> shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he does have the largest holdings of uh, those lithium facilities at the, on the Salton Sea. They are... Like 90% owned by Berkshire Hathaway. That is something a a billionaire would have to do, right? Something a billionaire could do. Is he like low-key, like the the supervillain that we weren't really talking about? Yeah, yeah. last time we were talking about billionaire supervillains, we were like, well, Warren's okay, right? Yeah. Hmm. Well, I don't know. Is it supervillainous to be like, I'm going to position myself to profit off of electrical vehicles and shut down oil? Is that really supervillain? Well, I don't know. That's what you do with that money, I guess. Depends on your opinion of oil. And money. And and money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, okay, he, he's said that he's only he only does friendly deals. So, mm-hmm. he's definitely talked to the board oh, yeah. at at uh, OXY uh, is their stock ticker. He's definitely talked to them. And and the speculation is like, if if he was talking with them about buying them out at like 95 or $100, then he's just, every share he can get below that is saving him money. Right. So snapping up every share he can just makes sense. What's it trading at now? Uh, it ended at 72 uh, and change. Seven, sorry, 71.29. 95 to 100, is that the price the article mentioned or is it something... Uh... That was thrown around from somewhere else. Uh, well, that was the article mentioned it, but it was a quote from a gentleman named Cole Smead, president okay. of Smead Capital Management, and a Berkshire shareholder. Mm. Which you know, when your share price is four hundred grand, a <laughs> Berkshire <laughs> shareholder is saying something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he owns some shares. Oh wow, that dude's rich. Even if you own one, you're doing pretty good. <laughs> right. I would love <laughs> one share. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Right. Uh, so the market is very much a fan of anything Buffett does. Retail traders have been, you know, rushing in, following him, driving the price up themselves. Yeah. But, you know, still, still under, under a hundred bucks and still something. He does a lot better than Kramer does. You know, I would love to see Buffett guest host Mad Money. I'd love to see Buffett fill in for me. Think you'd do that? Okay, we'll call him up. Let's do it. <laughs> all right, all right. My dad used to live in uh, Omaha. He, maybe, maybe he knows him. Nebraska's done not that many people in Nebraska, right? <laughs> Kyle, I would, I would take Warren Buffett's dog as a co-host. <laughs> uh, no kidding. <laughs> All right. Is it my turn? Yes. Yes. What do you got? Uh, GM has reinstated their quarterly dividend Ooh. after more than two years of uh, not having. They've uh, reinstated a rate of nine cents per share on the common stock. I mean, that's not quite what it was, you know, back in 2020 when it was suspe- suspended, which was 38 cents per share. But the fact that they are reinstating that has got to be good news for the company. Yeah. Anytime you're just giving money away, <laughs> that means that you're probably through the, uh, the, the the cash crunch. I wouldn't call a dividend giving money away. Uh, was it a bribe to continue holding shares? I, I would call a, a, a dividend your cut of the company's profits because you own the company. 
that's how much comp- the company you own. You should be getting a cut because you're you're owed it. You're an owner. What do you say about any growth company? I say people are speculating that one day their stake in the ownership will be profitable. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. That's it. Okay. Are they doing buybacks too? Um, <laughs> not after the Kristen Cinema buyback tax. No, no, I'm not seeing any buybacks on here on this three paragraph article I'm reading. <laughs> <laughs> well, call them up. Uh, no, but <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, in July, it looks like Ford also reinstated their dividend too. So maybe this was just more of a, a keeping up with the Joneses or the Fords. <laughs> keeping up with the Fords. Yeah. <laughs> what What is Ford's dividend at? I have no idea. Ford's a lot cheaper. It's a 3.72% yield. 15 cents a quarter? Damn. According to Google. I don't know what nine cents a share comes out to be even the percentage wise. I could tell you if you want. So if it, nine cents is the quarterly dividend, then 36 cents is the annual dividend. So 1%. Yeah. Hey, okay. So much less. Sorry. I was trying to do math after chewing on gummies. <laughs> yeah. Blame, blame the gummies, Kyle. Blame the gummies. <laughs> oh shit. Are we still recording? Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> I you lost it. <laughs> All right. So yeah, it's not a great dividend, but it is there. It's kind of it looks like it's more just to say like, hey, we 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 can do this. It's it's not all shit. Not all shit. The stock actually looks pretty interesting where it's at too. Uh, looks like there's a pretty key turning point right over thirty nine seventy, which is right where it closed. If it can close above that, uh, I think it's probably got a good shot of hitting its two hundred day moving average around forty five. Yeah, it just it just cleared a, a high right from from May beginning of June. It tried. I think it closed pretty much right at that. So Monday should be very interesting. What what else do you got? Company that's probably never going to pay a dividend ever again. Regal Cinemas. (laughs) They're having a tough time. Uh, Its stock crashed as much as 80% on Friday after reports that uh, their parent company, Cineworld Group, is going to file for bankruptcy. Oh, that's not good for them. No, 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 no. Unless I can pull a Hertz and <laughs> issue new stock while they're going through it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny, they're blaming a limited roster of films for the lack of moviegoers, but I thought AMC was like touting the films that they got. Do they get different films? Well, they might. I mean, I, I've, I've definitely seen how... Uh, there's like the main Hollywood presentation, but then there's indie films, and I've even seen some movie theaters like they'll play the Bollywood films from India been a long time since I've been to a theater. Yeah, right. Uh, lately, I've I've been seeing uh, some of them playing the the Japanese anime movies. Like some locations will play them, yeah. some won't. So they don't all have the same. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'm, I'm still trying to find the Cineworld stock. Yeah, Cineworld stock is uh, whew, opened at 37 cents. It's down to 19 cents. On Friday, uh, they they sounds like a screaming buy. They started the year at three dollars, yeah, right? <laughs> screaming buy <laughs> can only go down so far, right? Right. A week ago, they were at seventy cents. Ooh, not looking good. No, for for Cineworld Group ADR. Um, yeah, they're blaming they're blaming low low movie offerings, but you know, I don't think it's movie offerings that are keeping people out of cinemas. No, probably not. You know, like we talked about earlier, people's habits in the pandemic changed. And I really think people just got used to streaming. And let's let's face it, a movie goes to the theater and it's like in the theater for two weeks and then it's streaming. 
if you're choosing which movie theater to go to, uh, more than likely, I think you're probably going to AMC just because you've seen it in the news and think that, oh, I think I'll go support these guys. I actually, I'm, I'm an avid moviegoer. I like to go all the time. Mm-hmm. I love to see it on the big screen. I love films. I love analyzing them and breaking them apart, having a good time. I actually prefer Century Theaters. They have a much more comfortable theater. Their whole experience hmm. is more luxury to me. Mm-hmm. I only go to AMC because it's like three miles from my house. Quantity over quality. <laughs> right, right. Well, and it's, it's I just don't want to drive across town. Yeah, yeah. You know, I only have so much time in my life. Well, you also don't want to double your expense, too, by paying for gas. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. Which, as we said, <laughs> energy's going up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think I think if you're not if you're a movie theater and you're not looking for ways to grow and expand beyond movies, you're doing something wrong. AMC is doing a good job with like, oh, we'll we'll show the big uh, pay per view match. You can come see it on our big screen. Yeah. You know that kind of thing. They're they're mm-hmm. they're doing it right. They're actually trying to survive, and and that says to me like they're serious about it. Are they talking about price elasticity anywhere in their board meetings? Uh, I, I, no, they're talking about dividends <laughs> splitting a, a different. Remember, <laughs> yeah, they're they're splitting off to a different stock. Oh, uh, okay. Like, like we're not gonna we're not gonna issue more shares, but we will issue a sister share. Oh no, no, not AMC. I was talking about Cinemark. Oh, Cineworld, the, the Regal, the one we're just talking about. Yeah, C- Cineworld. Yeah, they they did not talk about price elasticity that I'm aware of. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right starting to run a little long should i uh, blow through this last one here yeah go ahead all right uh the title of this is a wave of layoffs sweeping the u.s and it's just a list of companies and how many people they've laid off so i thought i'd just kind of go through and and comment on some of the names on here so peloton 41 over 41 uh, or yeah over 4100 people uh shopify about a thousand Seven Eleven, uh 880 jobs cut wow Venmo, I guess it's like a YouTube knockoff. Venmo? 6% of its workforce. Venmo, not Venmo, Venmo, V-I-M-E-O. Vimeo. Oh, that's Walmart. Walmart's Walmart's uh, video service. Oh, Walmart owns that? Yeah, it's like movie is on demand where you can like buy digital copies of the movies. Well, 6% of their workforce is looking for another job. Tesla, 229 people laid off. Rivian, about 5% of their workforce. GoPuff, 10%. Remax, the mortgage company, 17% of its workforce. Wow. Microsoft, uh, very little. They're only about, a, they said, less than 1%. Uh, JP Morgan, over 1,000 in its home lending department. Oh. Uh, Compass, 450. Redfin, 6%. Coinbase, 18%. Oof. Carvana, 2,500 people, or about 12% of its staff. Yikes. Uh, there is a lot in here. A lot of companies. Robinhood, more than 300. Wells Fargo, unknown number in mortgage and lending. See, seems about right. Wells Fargo doesn't have hard numbers on something they do. <laughs> we like some people How up. How many of those employees know their work there? Yeah, right. <laughs> They'll figure it out when they can't log in and they get to work on Monday. No, no. So how many people <laughs> on the books did, like, have they filled out job applications for people without telling oh. them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how many people work for Wells Fargo that don't know they work there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Makes it a lot easier to lay people off. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, oh, fuck you, Wells Fargo. Yeah, thank mm-hmm. you. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, should we, uh, should we move on? Crypto? Yeah, let's talk about some crypto. I got some crypto in my wallet. 
Okay, Kyle, what uh, what big crypto stories you got for us? Well, I remember how we just mentioned Cardano laying off a bunch of people? Yeah. Uh, that's my big story. <laughs> Cardano, the coin, the value of the token or the crypto has dropped about 15% after a developer jumped on Twitter and shared his misgivings about their much anticipated upgrade. Mm. Uh, this is developer Adam Dean. Uh, he wrote that... Quote, it's important to point out today that the Cardano testnet is catastrophically broken due to a bug in Cardano, Cardano node V1.352. Uh, that is the uh, upgrade. The, sorry, that's the Basil upgrade. So uh, the article kind of goes through to explain what that upgrade actually is. But um, uh, Dean also uh, said that the rollout of the upgrade is being rushed and that more testing is needed. He said that if it was a nuclear clock, uh, we got perilously close to hitting midnight. Wow. Now, founder Charles Hawkinson hit back at the accusations, labeling them bizarre and alarmist. And he assured his followers the offending code has been removed and the planned upgrade has been thoroughly tested. Ah, thoroughly. Yeah, so the, the, the crypto fell about 15% in the hour, 24 hours following that tweet. Uh, for context, Bitcoin and Ethereum were down about 9% in a similar period. But uh, the article here is saying that the claims are worrying. If Cardano delays the upgrade further, it's going to erode confidence. And if it pushes ahead with a technically flawed upgrade, that could indeed be a catastrophe. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, not looking good for Cardano. They're kind of in a no-win situation. Yeah. I mean, when you've got the two sources fighting like that. Well, one is a person who has to work with the code. The other is the person who has to answer angry investors. Right. Who's got the... Which ones, where do you put, who do you put your faith into? Right. Who knows more about the code, <laughs> the coder or the marketing guy? <laughs> well, it says he's the founder. He's one of the founders. Okay. Okay. So I assume he knows how to code unless he just, mm, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make that. I wouldn't make that assumption. I have an idea for a coin. Make it for me. You'd think he would know something about it. <sighs> he should know. He should know something about it. But when he's contradicting the, the guy coding it currently, it did not say, uh, at, at least I didn't notice, uh, if he was like actually working, the person working on the code for the upgrade, or if he was just somebody who's like a developer for other things that use Cardano's network. Oh, okay. And in fact, that's kind of the way I took it. He's somebody who works with their blockchain. Okay. Not okay. necessarily for Cardano. Well, looking at the uh, the the. Price charts for cryptocurrencies this year. I'm gonna I'm gonna side with the coder. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Is that the only story we got, or you got one too? Oh, I got I got one. Um, the the headline is Ethereum's merge is about to put every ether miner out of work. Oh wait, no wait, hang on. I don't know if I want a spoiler on this one. I was I was hoping our Skydles would be the one to merge with Ethereum. Oh oh no 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 no. Uh, it's not Skydle. Oh, and I don't think that's the kind. I don't think it's the kind of merge you, you're thinking of. Ah, shit. Well, there goes my lottery ticket. Yeah. Well, I mean, the lottery ticket's still good. It's just not gonna, oh. gonna, not gonna pay off right now. It's not a sure thing um, anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because it was always a sure thing. No, Ethereum, and we talked about this a long time ago, but uh, we'll bring it up again because it's now happening. 
Ethereum is shifting from proof of work to proof of stake. Oh, that's right. Okay. So instead of the much derided buy a bunch of fucking graphics cards and have them do busy work to prove you earned the the crypto token, Ethereum or Bitcoin, Mm -hmm. they're going to do proof of stake, which is... Busy work that proves you own it? No, it actually makes me kind of bummed because as much as I hate the proof of work because I'm like, why are you doing all this busy work using electricity... Excuse me, using electricity and resources right. for nothing. Now it's like, oh, well, proof of stake. So the more, th- if you put up your Ethereum coins, like if you have Ethereum coins, that's your proof of stake. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, that's what you You're mean. You're staking yeah. the coins. So right. uh, the more money you have, the more stake you can the more you can stake Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh yeah okay so so to me this shift could could not be the best this means that if you're just uh if you're not a big corporation trying to mine it that you're probably going to be not liking this like it's not going to be good for you yeah if you only have two ethereum to stake versus the two hundred thousand of the mining company that just had El Salvador that just sold all of its <laughs> graphics cards because it won't need them anymore and used it to buy more Ethereum. Right. Oh shit! Does that mean graphics cards are cheap now? Hell yeah! Graphics cards are going to start going down, man. You, you, you we fuck yeah. In no time, right. yeah. Uh, one coin, one vote is the new principle. <laughs> <laughs> so where does where does my three fifths of a vote go? Oh, oh, <laughs> boom! Take that, slaves. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, 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 uh, they've got something they call the beacon chain, uh, which has been, mm-hmm. which has launched December 2020 to kind of, it's going to be the new chain for the proof of stake. And nobody's been using it yet because obviously people are still using the Ethereum chain. Uh, the merge that's about to happen, uh, we don't know the exact date, but it's going to happen when, the the Ethereum network hits a preset terminal total difficulty, some weird mm. term measuring the aggregate quantity of computation the miners have performed. Uh, they estimate it's going to happen sometime in mid December, and then they're going to merge okay. merge the two chains. But if everybody's selling their graphics cards, it might take a while. Well, people won't be selling their graphics cards to early September at the l- earliest, mid September at the earliest. Okay, and of course. The, the headline of fears are, are that the, the Treasury Department is going to have more depo- more control mm-hmm. over Ethereum when they when they move to the proof of stake. I don't know why. I didn't really read the whole article. It was like 10 pages long. It was so long. So long. <laughs> so long. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous. Like, Jesus, it's like the plot to the merge. <laughs> yeah, right. Is that like the porn version of Purge? The merge? Yeah, like what, one one day a year, you can fuck anybody you want. Everybody, yeah, anybody goes outside. God damn it, Kyle! We need to make a movie, and and it needs to be a porn. God damn it, we do. Yeah. All right. While you think about that, reach for the sky. Ah, god damn it! You got me. I'm thinking about fucking over here. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. All right. You're fucking shot. All right. Well, my good this week. Uh, I think I think it was a theme. My it wasn't any one instance, but it was definitely the theme of hey, I made some money today. Uh, and I'm I should say no. Th- my theme was hey, I'm only trading th- good levels. 
Mm -hmm. I'm only trading good levels. Uh, I I ended the week up for the week. I had several good days Ooh. and only one bad day. And uh, yeah, it's just a all right, all round good week of sticking to good levels. It's not just that too. It's the not. It's it's the walking away when you don't see anything else too. Like you've been doing a fantastic job well, of that. I was going to say that, but I realized even today I, I did come back and I was like, this level's too good. Yeah, but it, it fit with your strategy, didn't it? Oh, it totally did. It totally did. And and I did walk and I did win the second time too. Like, <laughs> and, and okay, I did. And I did manage to stay away because it came back to that level and I could have traded it again. And I was looking at it like, do I log back in and trade this? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I've, already made, I, I've already made my money for the week. I can walk away. Oh, man, that's fucking great. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. finally coming together. Well done. Thank you. Uh, my good was uh, stat tracking. Stat tracking! Been uh, screwing around with my, taking all the data from my journal and trying to figure out a fun way to, or a, a you know, clear, easy way to filter through all the results so I can start looking for trends. And I gotta say, like, just the exercise has been really restoring my confidence in myself and my setups. Hell yeah! Like, I was feeling pretty down... I think uh, around the beginning of July and been trying to build myself back up. I kind of wish I would have just started doing this then. Oh, yeah. Because when you could throw like a PL graph on it, look at all your trades for the month and be like, oh, that's just a line that goes straight up every day. Like, oh, seems like maybe I do know what I'm doing, even though I'm sitting there like stressing over every single one of them. I guess I'm doing all right. Like it's got me back to that same f excitement that was there when I f we first started collaborating with Flurry and, and the guys over at OFL for the Back to the Futures. So, and I think once I get this thing put together, I'm going to make it a template so that way anybody who wants it can download it. That sounds good. Yeah. See if I can make a version for options too, if you want it. Yes, please. Yes, please. All right. Uh, what was your bad? Uh, trading, trading uh, terribly on Thursday, uh, not trading my good levels. The one, the one day. I remember what happened that day, I think. Oh yeah? What would you say? Then you start the day off by saying, like, I am high on opiates. I shouldn't be trading right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the day? That was the day. That was the day. Oh, okay. I was. I was, you know, um, I, didn't, I didn't rest enough from my vasectomy. And mm -hmm. so Wednesday, I did way too much. I was on my feet running around too much. And so I woke up Thursday like, oh, oh God, what did I do? <laughs> and I took some opiate yeah. painkillers and... Well, the rest is history. I if if I hadn't traded Thursday, I would be up a stupid amount this week. Oh, really? I mean, I'm up a good amount for the week. Uh, I think my portfolio is up five percent for the week. I would have hit fifteen percent if I hadn't traded Thursday. Oh, all of my losses, all of my losses for the week were on Thursday. Oh, wow. Yeah, every single one. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. All right. Well, so, what do we learn? Don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> don't trade on drugs, kids. Don't trade on drugs. Wait till you're done trading. Or or just take a fucking day off, right? Yeah, you can do that too. I took weeks off and I'm like, I can't take a day off. I know, right? <laughs> Isn't that funny? How weird is that? Like you feel like you're missing out on some opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Like, eh, no, take the day off. Just take the day off. We're self-employed. We decide when. It, if you don't see something, you don't like it, walk away. Walk away, right? Right? Nobody's forcing me to trade. Except me. Kyle, right. Yeah, you were saying we weren't well, going to be friends anymore yeah. if I didn't make trades on Thursday. <laughs> I'm I'm a better accountability buddy than I that. know. <laughs> uh, my bad. I think uh, I was just being gun shy throughout the entire week. Mm -hmm. It felt like it wasn't uh, like I missed a lot of setups because I was just looking for more confluence, like wanting more confirmation. And then by the time I got 
my confirmation and then like decided like, oh, maybe I should enter. Then it was already gone. It was a similar issue I'd been having mm. uh, probably oh, two, three months ago. Yeah. Uh, and I think this time it actually stemmed from having like my start to the week wasn't all that great. I think I was pretty much flat uh, going into Wednesday. And then weighing in the back of my head is I don't want to put in a red week. I don't want to put in a red week. So, that I was just looking, I was I was being a lot more selective of what I did take and I ended up missing out on a lot of good opportunities. Yeah. You got to find that happy medium. Don't don't overtrade. Right. Don't undertrade. Go ahead and trade your levels. Like when the, when they're the, when the setup's there, like take your risk. Don't be afraid to take risk, yep. but you know, just don't take too much. That was how I traded on Friday. And like Thursday, I spent most of the day working on that uh, that tracker. So that was kind of like with the process of what I was trying to do to help myself. Uh, but that you know that led to Friday. Like I took one trade, but it was a really good trade, and I've decided, okay, I'm done. I don't need it anymore. Yeah. Well, that's that's really uh, when you when you can walk away from the table up, that's a win every time. Right. I think that's that's how I also end up spending all my money in casinos. <laughs> you don't walk away from a heater? Yeah, right. I'm on a roll. Did you uh, did you have an ugly? Um, no. No. I mean, I guess yeah. you could call trade no opiates ugly, but you know, like I said, still green for the week. Uh, I think we can call that ugly. Okay. Okay. Um, I okay, I'll say this. No, no. The- okay, sorry. What makes it ugly was you saying before <laughs> you even sat down to trade. <laughs> That's what makes it ugly. Right. Oh, I, I shouldn't! I shouldn't try and kiss this rattlesnake on the mouth. Oh, you're so cute! You need a kiss. The to me, the ugly was was the like it wasn't necessarily the first trade, but like I think I had four four losing trades in a row on Thursday, and I would say the oh. fourth trade was ugly because that was the first one that was out of risk management. Oh, okay. Right, right. Where it was like. Yeah. I, 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 w- I should have been risk management said I was done for the day cause I'd lost too much money. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll, I'll say, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. That's a good one. Oh. All right. Okay. Should we, should we wrap this thing up? So let's, let's make a, let's make a bet. What are we, what are we looking at here? Oh wait, we got a song for this. Yeah. I need it, wanna beat it, gonna win it if I take it from you. Building my positions, quit your bitch and random's gonna lose. Got a chart full of levels and a stop that's not too tight. It's bet, pick a time in the shop, so pick them right. Okay, Kyle. What are we? What are we looking at here? We're uh, all right. Well, I have one that I like, um, but it might be a little late. I'll let you look at the chart and make your decision. Um, Live Nation. I shorted this thing on Thursday afternoon because it was sitting in a sell area that used to be a buy area. It was rotating there. Volume was dumping. What's the ticker? LYV. So I'm already short this thing, but it's still got plenty of room to get to my targets. Uh, I think we're 85 and. Uh, like seventy or eighty half gapped down on Friday. What's uh, what's causing the the gap down? Any news? Earnings? No news that I saw. Oh, earnings beginning of the month. Yeah, it had earnings on the fourth already. Oh, it was the reason why I got it was just. I mean, maybe everyone saw that same thing I did. The declining volume, the price struggling to get back above a key level, which is right around a hundred. Oh yeah, look at that. So 
and work. It just looked like it was. I mean, it, it looked like a typical, you know, reversal setup. Okay, if we're gonna short Live Nation, then we gotta we gotta take profit at ninety one, at least half. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And then eighty five for the other. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I would I would say eighty seven, but eighty five would be. Yeah, I would, no, 87. 87, okay. That's me, and I'm not convinced Live Nation is the, the trade. No, that's fine. What do you got? I want to short Jim Cramer. Ah. I And I think uh, Ollie's Bargain Outlet Holdings is the one. Okay, I could go with that. Out of all of them, yeah, Ross already started. They've got earnings coming up September 1st, and it looks like... Uh, I don't know. We we ended the week on a on a doji candle. Vol- volume is getting lower and lower on an upswing. I mean, resistance held at 72 and then resistance uh, that held That sounds pretty good. at 68. I don't know. Okay. Uh where would you put your uh take profits and stops on this one? I guess my first take profit would be 62 and the second one would be 59. I would take fifty-eight for this. Oh no, fifty-nine. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm trying to. I'm trying to put the take profits a little b- above. Like if it's short, a little above where I think it's going to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's my vote. But uh, I'm willing to to cede to your judgment because I've had a lot to drink. All right. Well, Ollie, your stop's going to have to be somewhere around sixty-eight half. Yeah, definitely. Live Nation, their stop's going to need to be at a hundred. Mm-hmm. Five percent versus almost five percent. Let's flip a coin. Oh God, we can't let random be a part of this shit. We- no, fuck that. <laughs> I'm just saying, both of them have a stop where we're random's never going to overtake us. Like I don't think either can lose. All right, who picked last week's? I did. I did. Yeah. Okay, you picked this. Week. Okay, Live Nation. All right, let's do Live Nation. All right, Live Nation. Okay, okay. Shorting Live Nation. And random. Random has picked ACB. ACB. Aurora Cannabis. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're not scheduled to vote on this, are they? No, they're down, but they're down on lower volume. And they're What's scary about this one is that it's a dollar fifty. Uh and it's been in a range, expanding range, uh-huh. by the way. Uh-huh. That runs up to almost almost fifty cents. It's like a twenty five percent range. It just broke out of its range this this week or a week ago. Yeah, Monday. Monday just broke out of its range, yeah. and then it's been it descended through the week. And if you look at the volume profile, this is it's about right where you'd expect it to catch. Yeah, fifty percent or so. I'm actually looking about the, like are there options on this? I might buy some calls. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Oh, oh shit. damn. All right. Good well, job, Random. Good job, Random. God damn it. You might have done it again. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I don't think it's going to get to $3. Well, what no. would it have to get to overtake us? God damn it. $2 would probably do it, right? Yeah, I think so. Oh, shit. Okay. All right. Well, if we lose this month, <laughs> I'm going to be oh, so disappointed God, yeah. in us. <laughs> If this closes at two dollars, uh, it's gonna it's gonna have somewhere around seven hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Should we change our pick? Okay. <laughs> to, to what? Aurora Cannabis. Bed Bath and Beyond. Short that thing. Is this the last pick of the month? Or no, we got one more. We got one more, but you won't be around <laughs> no. next week. Oh, all right. 
Oh, good. So somebody else get the consequences. There you go. Yeah. All right. There you have it, folks. Kyle and I are short and live nation. Random. That son of a bitch is going long. Aurora Cannabis. We'll be back at you next week. I'll be back with you next week. Uh, Kyle's going to be on vacation because it's long overdue and he deserves it. Oh, thank you. Until then, happy trades. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Like, rate, and subscribe. Yeah. Yeah. Do the things, you know, that you're supposed to do. Do them. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks in the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.